Hey, what's up you guys? Good morning, good morning, good morning! We're back with another episode of Experimenting Adventures. <laughs> so today, I am Gian Ramos, your next batch pressy. What? I mean, your everyday host. So um, for today, we have a lot of things in store for you guys. So put your learning caps on and let's get started. For today's episode of Experimenting Adventures, we will continue our discussions on conducting psychological experiments and we will cover the process of drawing conclusions. In all honesty, when I was in high school, college even, I had difficulty writing the conclusions and results part in my research papers. It's just so hassle for me eh. <laughs> this is why I'm really glad that we have our special expert guest. Um, Professor Kay Garcia, an esteemed faculty of psychology from the De La Salle University, Manila. Ooh, my home school. <laughs> so before we introduce our very special expert, um, we have two very special guests here with us today. Please get, give a warm round of applause to Miss Jen Chua and Miss Emily Gutaslao. Yay! So how are you guys? Go Nina, take it away. Um, so, I'm doing quite okay, but not because it's finals week already. But so far, almost there. And kind of sad because this term is going to end already. I'm going to miss um, a lot of my subjects, especially um, our majors like biotech and ex psych. Yeah. What How about, about you? you? Oh. <laughs> Jinx! <laughs> <laughs> okay, go, Jen. How about you, Jen? Yeah. Well, for me, similar to Nina, it's also my finals week, and coming here was one was actually one of my incentives for a major's class, which is also Excite. Um, Nina's actually my classmate. Oh, Excite! I had a prof there. His name was Sir Norman. Did you guys have him? He was yeah. the best. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> That's our cue. I guess our expert is here. So please give a warm round of applause to Miss Kay Garcia. Okay. Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for having me here. I am beyond thrilled to share you a thing or two about drawing conclusions. With that being said, I'd like to give a short introduction about myself. As said earlier, I'm a psychology expert who graduated from the University of the Philippines in year 2010 and started my first and current job as a faculty member in the psychology department of DLSE. Wow, that was a wonderful introduction, Ms. K. We also have two special guests, Ms. Jen Chua and Ms. Emily Gataslao, who are psychology undergraduate students interested in conducting their own experiments. Could you please introduce yourselves and maybe bring up a point of discussion or question you'd like to be answered by Ms. K. Garcia? Okay, so good afternoon. Hello, I am Jen. An AB Psychology student from De La Salle University as well. I would just like to know, upon drawing conclusions, why is it a must to adhere to consistent internal validity when drawing conclusions for experimental procedures? What does this specifically entail? Uh, and hello, um, I'm Emily. Um, I'm a BS Psychology student in DLSU. And in relation to Jen's question, I would also like to ask about the process of increasing the external validity of every experiment. According to my psychology classes, one way to do so is through the aggregation of data. How is this proven possible? Those are really great points of discussion. 
I'd like to address the first point, the importance of adhering to internal validity when drawing conclusions. In the first place, we know that an experiment possesses internal validity when it is free of confounding. This means that the dependent variable is affected solely by the manipulation of the independent variable and not by outside extraneous variables that aren't controlled by the experimenters. Maintaining internal validity ensures that we continue to publish carefully reviewed research with strong methodologies. Thus, when we draw conclusions from internally valid experiments, we can make assumptions on the population, all based on rigorously maintained experiments. Whoa, I never knew that! That is so nice. Same. Wow. <laughs> That was really insightful, Ms. Garcia. Please continue. Okay. So, on the other hand, the second point brought up by Emily focuses on external validity, which is about how we can apply the implications and conclusions drawn from the findings. If internal validity is about the consistency within the experiment and between the participants, then external validity refers to how these findings hold up to outside, real-world findings. External validity can be increased in different ways, one of them, as mentioned, being aggregation. Aggregation is basically compiling data from different experiments to strengthen the conclusion of your own experiment. This can be done by combining data to increase the participants in the sample. You can generalize the stimuli to include findings from experiments with related variables and also integrate findings that use different and various measurements or instruments. Another way to increase external validity is to report data from different testing sessions to minimize physical, social, personality, and the context variables. Now I get it, cause like external, outside, outside, external. Yes, wow, okay. Maybe mm -hmm. you're so smart. I, I, wow. <laughs> oh my oh god. My god. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I kind of get that too. So like, so for example, a group of fifth graders from a rural school prefers to have found teaching style superior to another may or may not be applicable to a group of third graders in an urban school. Correct me if I'm wrong, Miss Kay. Oh, that's right. There may be internal valid validity within those particular studies since they both concluded that there is a superior teaching style preferred by the students. However, this preference may not be consistent with the behavior of other students outside that urban school. Now moving on, um, Emily has a good question about null findings. This is related to the concept of um, handling non-significant outcomes, correct? Yeah, so um, since you get null findings because you did not have enough power, causing you to fail to reject your null hypothesis, you should just trash your research hypothesis and everything else, right? Um, just because a hypothesis was proven null by the statistics, it doesn't mean that the hypothesis should be scrapped. For example, uh, maybe you are just arrived to a non-significant effect on the variables, like with parental attachment style and students' academic performance. 
The best way to recover this result is through rethinking and reviewing your formulated research hypothesis and its corresponding testing procedures. Uh, isn't it okay if you measure something close to the DV and not like exactly the DV? Like for example, um, your DV is let's say green, but you measured uh, MD. Won't that be fine? Uh, I don't get it. Can we eat? Can, can we eat in McDonald's? I have no more brain cells. <laughs> Okay then, um, expert, do you have anything else to say? Um, well, I don't know what to say about the McDo thing, but anyway, unfortunately, um, what Emily suggested still would not be appropriate since it suggests that you still underwent faulty procedures in the first place. It's always best to refine your procedure and the measures so that it will more accurately capture the dependent variable you specified in your report. Thank you, Ms. K. What a fruitful discussion. Okay, let's give that some time to sink in with this, and let's first have a short break. We'll be back in a few minutes to wrap up this episode on Drawing Conclusions 101 with Professor K. Now, a few words from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Psychology Today, where you get a glimpse of all sorts of mental processes and human behaviors. We'd also like to thank our media partners. Exciting! Cognition now! For our food catering, Mr. and Mrs. Garcia, thank you so much. Now back to regular programming. Okay, we're back! Let's have a short recap of our discussion a while ago. So we discussed about internal and external validity and their differences when performing experiment. Does anyone have more questions? Jen? Miss Emily? Miss Kay? Actually, if it's alright, I'd like to direct a question towards our other guests. To wrap up, I'd like to pose a final question. Between external and internal validity, do you think one of them should be valued more than the other? And if so, why should it be? Um, so I'll go first. Uh, personally, I'd say X in... Oh, wait, what was it again? The one with... Oh, right, right. The one that's in. Okay. Internal validity. Because if we maintain the consistency of the variables first, meaning the independent variable has a true effect on the dependent variable, only then can it reach its optimum external validity. <gasps> Contrary to what Emily suggested, I think external validity is more important as it ensures effectivity even outside and after the experiment proper. Isn't that the primary goal of future psychologists? 
to contribute to the field of psychology and even to the whole of society by proposing new research and interventions. Those were really great insights, especially from our student guests, Ms. Jen Chua and Ms. Emily Gataslau. Is there anything else you would like to add, Professor K? Wow, guys. Honestly, I'm so touched right now. Like, you guys spoke so well. You guys really learned so much. So, I guess I don't really have much to add. Personally, I find that both types of validity do go hand in hand and must be maintained together as much as possible to objectively assess the results with both consistency, referring to internal validity, and applicability, referring to external validity, of the data gathered. Thank you so much, Ms. K. To conclude, we've discussed the topic on drawing conclusions and questions about internal validity and external validity. Our ex expert gladly shared the difference between the two and the significance of it in conducting a psychological experiment. Finally, our discussion also covered some insights on handling non-significant outcomes and cleared queries that could confuse future researchers when they conduct their own research and experiment. Thank you for being the show, Professor K. Garcia, our guest expert. And to our lovely guests, Ms. Genshua and Ms. Emily Gutuslau. Oh, Sir Jade, I had so much fun. Thank you so much for having invited me to the show. Invite me next time, okay? Thank, thank you so much. I'm really happy about it. Thank you so much for having us. We really did learn a lot, right, Nina? Yeah, thank you, Professor K, for all the insights, and Sir Gian for everything. <laughs> that wraps our episode again. I am Gian Ramos, your host. See you again next time as we discuss other psychological factors and research concepts that you have questions about. This has been Experimenting Adventures. Good morning.